The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. With Labor Day around the corner, I am very excited for this week's guest, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 146's business manager, Josh Sapp. As an IBEW business manager, Josh is responsible for representing all members of the local union and all employees within the bargaining unit. Josh also serves as a trustee on a defined benefit pension plan, defined contribution 401k plan, and a health and welfare plan who, in aggregate, have billions of dollars invested to help meet members' retirement and health care needs now and in the future. Josh is president of his local Building Trades Council, and he also serves on numerous committees and boards in his community. In our conversation, you'll hear the term Building Trades, which refers to trades that are chiefly practiced in connection with building construction. Think carpentry, plumbing, ironwork, and electrical work. Okay, let's crack right into the interview. Hi, Josh. Thank you for being on The Whip. It's a pleasure to have you on the pod. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Walter. You're welcome. I'd like to start by asking, why did you become involved with labor? I got involved with the labor movement because I believe in the core values of the labor movement. Helping workers gain equality and dignity in the workplace and attain a living wage to support themselves and their families, provide benefits like health care and retirement income, and working within the labor movement, the transition to being active in the labor movement, especially in a leadership capacity, was really pretty easy. It was just always something I was interested in. It's topical to have you on the pod with Labor Day approaching. The labor movement has had its ups and downs throughout history. In your opinion, what is the state of the labor movement now? I think the labor movement right now is strong. The vast majority of the general public supports unions. We haven't seen that type of support in decades. Workers are getting higher wages and better benefits, and more and more workers are seeking to join unions. On the local level, and my local, have seen a real increase in unrepresented workers wanting to join the IBW. So I think the state of the labor movement is strong, in particular in the Building Trades, CHIPS Act, and the Inflation Reduction Act have really ramped up construction, and I think it's going to be that way for a little while. So the unionized building trades in particular are look good for a while. It's a pretty exciting time to be in the labor movement. You mentioned some of the projects related to the Inflation Reduction Act and other government spending. Folks are needed to work those jobs, and a skilled worker cannot be trained overnight. I see that as a potential challenge. What do you see as some of the biggest challenges for labor in the next decade? 
Well, I think the biggest challenge is going to be seizing the, the opportunities that exist to organize. As I mentioned earlier, the interest in joining a union and support for unions is really high right now. So it's going to be up to those in leadership of different labor organizations to really kind of seize that opportunity and organize the unorganized. And then on the training front, like you said, you can't train a skilled worker overnight. So maybe accelerating some training, maybe thinking outside the box on how we're training people and making sure that we are reaching out in all directions to let people know what opportunities exist, in particular in the building trades, and capitalize on that. Because I think over the next decade, you really are going to see the need for skilled tradespeople. The IBW is looking to add at least 300,000 members over the next few years here. And that's probably just the start with some of the things that have been put in place. And as we transition towards a more green economy with sustainable projects, wind and solar and small modular nuclear reactors, there's going to be a heavy reliance on the trades in the IBW in particular, electric vehicle infrastructure. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's, it's definitely going to be a challenge, but I think we're up for it. Challenges can be seen as opportunities, so I like the way you answered that question. Speaking of opportunities, why should a high school grad consider the trades as an option? The short answer is money. The trades have an earn-while-you-learn model. So if you are in high school and you're looking at what you're going to do after high school, a lot of times there's been a heavy focus on going to college, and there's nothing wrong with that. We need people to go to college, but college isn't going to be for everybody. and when you go to college, you can rack up six-figure debt to the university of your choice. And then when you come out of college, you're spending a lot of time to pay that off. If you get into one of the trades registered apprenticeship programs, and again, being from the IBW, I'm going to use that as an example, you'll have an opportunity to go to school through an apprenticeship, tuition-free, and you're going to have a full-time job that entire time. So for our apprentices, they get in the apprenticeship. And you can do that immediately after graduating high school. You can start a job. And in five years, while you're earning your journeyman certificate, you will actually make more than a quarter of a million dollars and have no debt, at least not tuition debt. You may rack up other types of debt, not from getting your education. It's a great opportunity there. And in many cases, the amount of wages and benefits that you're going to attain when you do reach journeyman status is going to be equal or better than what most folks get with a, the college degree. And one thing in the, most of the trades, and the IBW in particular, what we offer locally, is the defined benefit pension plan, which is extremely difficult to get without belonging to a union. You're speaking my language, talking about money. Thinking about somebody graduating from high school at 17, 18, 19, and being able to work and set money aside for retirement that early, that gives them a long timeline for those monies to compound. You also mentioned other kinds of debt, and people are owning homes later and later in life these days, in part due to the need to repay student loan debt first. Someone in the trades could possibly buy a home sooner and start building equity in that asset. I imagine some of these talking points will resonate with members of our audience where can people find more information about organized labor in their area? There's probably not a great one-stop shop for their area because uh, that's going to vary by the area. So my suggestion would be to go to the AFL-CIO website, aflcio.org, or the North American Building Trades Union's website, which is NABTU, N-A-B-T 
ITU.org, and there are links on those websites to your local labor councils and building trades councils and even local union affiliates. You can get information on how to contact people in your area. So those are probably the best resources for finding somebody in your area. That is helpful. I'd like to shift focus slightly now, given your role in the IBEW. How has the IBEW changed, the training as well as the organization, since you were an apprentice? Well, I don't want to give away my age or how long I've been doing this. We did have computers when I was in the apprenticeship. We do more work on computers in our apprenticeship now, but I would say the IBEW as a whole has changed to become more inclusive. And that really started around the time that I got in the apprenticeship. In the past, it was harder to become a member of the IBW or get into an apprenticeship program. And I think that we've done a a good job of working with uh, community-based organizations and pre-apprenticeship programs and reaching out to kids in school and people that don't know where they're going to go with their lives and try to get them into apprenticeship programs. And I think the IBW has done a really good job of focusing on that. And I also think that as an organization, we've become a little more flexible with agreements and different things we can do and partnerships that we do to help our customer base. Obviously, that's very important because if we don't have a customer base, we don't have any members working. So I think that the IBW has really evolved into a more inclusive, more flexible customer and community-based organization, all while maintaining the standard of living that our, that our members deserve and expect. Speaking of standard of living, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned the pension system. Could you talk a little bit about the benefits that IBEW members receive over their working career and in retirement? Sure. Well, first of all, if you're working in the building trades as an IBW member and you receive a journeyman certificate, one of the benefits of that is you can essentially work anywhere in the United States and Canada with that IBW ticket. So you can go to anywhere that has a local union and sign their out-of-work list. And if jobs are available, you can go to work there. And it's not starting over. You will make the wages and benefits that are set in the local collective bargaining agreement. The standard has been set. You don't have to start from scratch. You can take your profession and go and know that you're going to make a good wage. And your retirement and health and welfare benefits will reciprocate. We participate in many different pension plans, so I'm not going to get too detailed on that. I mean, we've got a defined benefit pension plan, which is the best parallel for that would to compare it to like what social security is that is a pension benefit that contributions are made to on your behalf and at the appropriate age you will draw those benefits until you pass away and then there's also defined contribution plans like annuities or 401k plans that you put a certain amount of money in it earns money for you and you can draw that money out you can deplete those funds to zero at some point if you live long enough. So it's best to have a mix of those and a lot of locals offer both of those types of pension plans. The international has a defined benefit pension plan. There are death benefits included in that and your health insurance. And I mentioned earlier about reciprocity. The great thing is, like I said, if you work anywhere across the country in the trades and they have a different insurance plan, There's an hourly contribution that's made, and those funds are reciprocated back to your insurance plan. So you never have to change your insurance plan. You can continue to stay in your home local insurance plan and still maintain your same benefit, which is a a big advantage. Most of the trades are doing that sort of thing, but the IBW has really done a great job with that. 
It's an amazing set of benefits. Most folks do not have access to a pension. The IBEW does. Most folks have only a defined contribution plan like a 401k. The IBEW generally offers that too. Add in quality health insurance, and it's easy to see the attraction to the IBEW. Another benefit I'm thinking of is the family or camaraderie that is built going through the apprenticeship together or working side by side. Lifetime relationships are formed. I imagine you've had a similar experience. Could you talk a little bit about that? That's the brotherhood in the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. It absolutely, it is a family and we're there to take care of each other. There's a large network. We know each other's families on a personal note. I met my wife in the apprenticeship. I'm not suggesting everybody's going to meet their wife or husband in the apprenticeship, but it really is about community and taking care of our workers and each other. And the labor union is only as strong as its members. I think there's a misconception out there that the labor union is a separate entity, and it's really not. The labor union is the members. We are democratically elected. Our leadership is all democratically elected. Again, it's only as strong as the members that make it up. What haven't we talked about that you would like our audience to know about the IBEW or the labor movement in general? Well, we've covered a lot of points here, but I think that uh, one thing that I would like to leave our listeners with is the understanding that the labor movement really is an essential part of our economy and our communities. The benefit plans that we've been talking about, you know, they invest billions of dollars in financial institutions and businesses, and uh, you're advocating for higher wages for your members, but also that has an effect on those that are not members. So if you're raising wages in the unionized industry, it's bringing up the wages for everybody, which means the opportunity for workers to spend more money, support their families better, pay taxes, which is also the thing nobody wants to do, but we need to have a good tax base in our communities. And we invest our time and money helping our communities through volunteering, charitable contributions. Like I said, our union is our members. And our members are sponsoring baseball teams and coaching volleyball teams and softball teams. And we work at homeless shelters and we build wheelchair ramp, Habitat for Humanity. The list goes on and on. I think that especially as we approach Labor Day, it's a good time to kind of take a look at that and realize what the labor movement does mean to the economy and our communities. I think that reminder is a great place to conclude our conversation. I want to thank you again, Josh, for being on The Whip please consider coming back on the pod in the future. As long as it's not a video. I've got a face for radio, and uh, I'd, I'd be happy to return. Great. Thanks again, and please have a happy Labor Day. You too. Thank you. Next week, we discuss August's jobs report. What will this key indicator tell us about the economy? Join us next Friday for that and much, much more. Thank you for listening. And please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.